Kimberly, and you're listening to the Spine Whisperer podcast. With me are Dr. Josh Fink, Dr. Matt Fink, and Dr. Brad Maurer. Today is May 8, 2019. This is episode two, and the title of it is Make Time to Take Time. Oh, fantastic, Kim. <laughs> Just. Yeah. Oh. That's what the people want, the kind of professors on the way are going to deliver right now. I'm just really pumped up. Thank you, Kim. That was a very, very good introduction. The last podcast we did went fantastic. Had a lot of good reviews from people. If you haven't already reviewed us or listened to it, we're on our website, of course, mfwellness.org. We're also on all of the major podcast delivery vehicles, with the exception of Spotify. They want to see five podcasts from us before they put us on their listing, which is crazy because if they listen to even one of ours, they would know the absolute quality that they're... One is worth five. (laughs) That's exactly right. So today's podcast is on posture. If you guys were like me growing up, well, Matt, I know you were like me growing up, but... Oh, it's exactly. Exactly right. Uh, (laughs) Posture was like a joke. Like, oh, sit up straight. You know, you're going to get to this or you're going to get to that or, you know, it was never taken seriously. It's something that our grandmas would yell. Well, if we were lucky, they would only yell at us. If you were unlucky, wooden spoon, you'd get something right across your butt, you know, to sit up straight. So I want to cover it today because it's become an absolute crisis especially in our pediatric population. And so we're going to tear this one apart. I had, we had a patient ask about this one immediately. When I first started talking about a podcast, you know, she was saying, I've heard bits and pieces of this in the office, but every time you start into this long lecture and I end up having to go. So if there's any reason why we even started this podcast, it's for this topic, because it is an unbelievably important topic based on what we know now, which is not completely changed, but the information is easily doubled in just 20 years and only because we got the test to look inside the body now where we didn't before so posture is going to come at you in three parts people in the first part uh, dr matt is going to define what we're talking about when we talk about the specifics of posture as it relates to our patients and to your spine dr brad is going to talk about the effects some you can think of obviously and some that you did not know about when it comes to how your head is positioned on your body and then i'm going to cover how rehabilitation of your terrible spine works and why we do it the way that we do it and so we're going to try and keep this to a reasonable amount of time but that's just not going to happen last week's podcast i was like yeah this is gonna be a nice channel this is super professional whereas this week's podcast is just going to be us foaming at the mouth i am right now brad is <laughs> fantastic dr matt you want to go first sure okay yeah so we're going to talk about the anatomical description of forward head posture and the different names for it. So you might have heard of text neck or eye hunch or um, a variety of other ones. But basically what we're talking about is when your head is in front of a plumb line that's dropped from your head down to your feet. And the reason why that's important- From the side. From the side, sure. From the ear to the shoulder to the side of the hip to the back of the ankle. All right, that's our plumb line. And if your head moves forward or anterior, right, then we get something called forward head posture. Now, there's a couple ways to really solidify that you actually have forward head posture because you could just be leaning forward. But what we're looking at is, is C1 through C7. So you have seven vertebrae in your spine and each one of them are stacked up on one another. And the cervical spine is something called a... <laughs> That's exactly right. So, lordosis. If someone is facing away to the right of you, 
We want the neck to look like a backwards C. But not a full-on C, like a... No, no, a, a gentle. Pr a parenthesis. Would you yeah. call it a... Maybe. Oh, yeah. okay. Something like that. Yeah, parenthesis, so yeah. Fancy. That's actually is a fancy. perfect word. <laughs> Doesn't like an open or a closed parenthesis have an even more specific name? That's a good question. Write that down. Kim's looking it up right now. Sorry, I'm fake. Go ahead. Lift that phone up. You got <laughs> tech neck. So you're saying we want to see, when we look at somebody from the side, we want to see a backwards curve, or what's called a lordosis, in the neck. That's normal. Yes, okay. and we'll really get to see that during an x-ray evaluation, right. Right? right? If you're looking from the side, someone's facing to the right, and you're looking at a plumb line, you will see that their head has moved forward, or yeah. their ear is in front of that line. So why does that occur? There's a whole bunch of different reasons why that actually happens. Really common causes like whiplash or mm -hmm. texting for long periods of time, mm -hmm. not checking your posture right make time to take time to check your posture so there are a couple muscles involved as well so at the very top there's the occipitalis and also suboccipital oh. the suboccipital muscle actually helps pull and lock the head while you're looking forward so in these muscles when they get injured they will tighten up what happens is the back of the head will pull down Okay. She will shorten and get weak. And in the front of the neck, they'll lengthen and also get weak, but in a different way because they're not tightening down. That's why the neck falls. So it's like, it's like if you're trying to do a bicep curl, when you have your elbow at 90 degrees, you can curl that weight. Yeah. But if you have your elbow overstretched, you're not nearly as strong. If you have the angle higher than that, then you're not nearly as strong. Yeah, the length of the muscle affects its contractility. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at forward head posture occurring over a period of time and that muscle lengthening and weakening mm -hmm. because it's not being used like it should. Okay. The deep neck flexors, right? The longus coli, the guy that sits in the front part of the neck that mm -hmm. helps you to actually bring your neck back. Like a turkey neck. Yeah, like a turkey Everybody's neck, right? doing. Yeah. The people will be driving <laughs> around doing this on podcast. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. so those become weakened. They're not working like they should. And that's where that falls forward. Okay. When we look at symptoms of text neck or the head falling forward like that, there's a bunch of nerves that actually come out of the neck right there. Mm -hmm. If that falls forward, you're actually decreasing the space that those nerves have to come out of the neck. So neck pain, numbs and tingling down the arm, burning tingling, and that can occur from the fingertips up into the shoulder because there are studies that have shown that regardless of where the actual subluxation or nerve impingement is, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because it'll come back up and have... Because their brain's going to tell them it's the same thing. Yeah, that's exactly right because that's that same nerve. So what you're back. saying is that by virtue of the fact that the curve is now no longer there or pitched forward... right. It's destroying the openings for the nerves that run the body. That's the exactly exit correct. Spine. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's a real big deal. Yeah, that's in a nutshell, forward head posture. Now there's other things that you can look at: low back not doing what mm -hmm. it should, so it affects that lordosis, which in turn affects the kyphosis in the thoracic spine. Right. And so those are other things that we can look at at a different podcast. But strictly speaking, for the forward head posture, just just for fun, I've heard you tell people a patient's neck will be so tight that if they stub their toe, they would get a headache. How can that be, that just injuring your foot or your pelvis can affect your neck? Because when 
the muscles in the pelvis are strained and you get that strain which equals to a sprain in the low back right you'll have a minor whiplash and it'll reverberate all the way through the spine that's why when we talk about the plumb line and your head pitching forward or being too far forward, it changes where gravity actually gets distributed through your spine. So it's a lot has to uh, compensate for that. The shoulders are gonna go back, your pelvis is gonna shift forward. So we see this squiggly line we see from the side. Yeah. And that's how we do so much of our diagnosing. It's a closed kinetic chain. And what you do to your neck has to be accounted for somewhere else in your spine and vice versa and which is how we get scoliosis but that's an entirely other podcast with it take a break and eat lunch before we even try to take that one on okay fantastic so dr maddox clearly defined for us when it comes to postural changes that we're super worried about in the office one and the most important one in terms of its effects forward head posture syndrome it's got a ton of different names it's the phenomenon where your head moves forward relative to your body some people have it very pronounced and some people don't have it pronounced at all so anytime you look at somebody from the side their ears should line up with their shoulders and if it doesn't then something else is going on okay so what dr brad's going to do for us he's going to break down some of the symptoms that you may or may not know that are associated with that and why that is and this is really important because a lot of people come in and they don't understand how it has changed their heart rate or, or how anything like that could happen so he's going to try and untangle this one for us yeah so like you mentioned dr matt was you know, he gave the definitions and he talked about some of the symptoms that you would maybe think about when it comes to forward head posture or tech neck or eye hunch, the upper cross syndrome, things like neck pain, upper back pain, nervous system issues, numbness and tingling down the arms, mm -hmm. hands, fingers, mm -hmm. headaches, just general discomfort from upper shoulders up, but it can also affect below that. What I want to focus on were items or diagnoses or potential issues that you would have no idea would come from your head being forward. And I really thought the best way to do this would be to pull a couple current research articles and to talk about those. The other side of that is that it also shows that it's not just us in the chiropractic profession who are looking at this, but there's other professions looking at it as well and following on what well yeah they're following uh, they're finally discovering hey yeah there's an issue here right. but i still don't think it's out there enough no you know, no 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 when you hear tech neck text neck it's kind of funny mm. but you know, these, are some, these are some issues that people might be dealing with or probably will be dealing with years down the line absolutely because it's become so rampant especially these young people they yeah. from the time they're five they're they're staying down absolutely the first one i want to talk about it's from the Journal of Physical Therapy Science, mm. and it's titled Correlation Between Pulmonary Functions and Respiratory Muscle Activity in Patients with Forward Head Posture. So it's looking how forward head posture affects respiration and the muscles that help aid in respiration. It was done by Kang and some of his friends. That dude has put out a billion articles over the They're years. Only, my biggest thing going in was, is this guy related to Liu Kang? Yeah. Sure, but then yeah. I, oh, okay. I found out that I don't, I don't believe yeah. he is not. related to Liu Kang. So. What a missed opportunity Bicycle that is. Yeah. yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 just came out, so like it's got to be. That would have been perfect. The purpose of their study was to determine the effect that I mentioned of postural deformities, especially looking at forward head posture and how that could affect lung capacity and the activities of those respiratory muscles. Mm -hmm. Specifically, they were looking at the sternocleidomastoids, yeah. and also the anterior scalene muscles. Yep. What they did to look at those muscles, they measured it with a service EMG 
MP100 system uh, made by Biopack, and I've actually used that same system at, at the university. Oh, cool. Taught some courses. Oh, where you're, where you're one of the doctoral... What do they call you there? Visiting uh, doctor, professor. Dr. Brad? <laughs> doctor, professor? <laughs> they do, though. No. no. Professor, doctor. Professor, doctor. Doctor. Uh, doctor. What are you, you're like a visiting fellow or something, uh, aren't you? Oh. Adjunct. Adjunct. Oh. Yeah. An adjunct professor. Nice. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Sure. I don't know either. Do they ever ask you about me? They told me. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, hey. Well, no, you know. I'm sure they will after this, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. Now they will. But, All right. but with that said, we also have Service EMG oh, in yeah. the office as well. Absolutely. So it's something, ours looks specifically at those paraspinal muscles. Right. So it's something that we can perform here as well. So when they did those studies, they found that those muscles we were talking about that the scalenes... The ones that control respiration. As, yeah. When you have that, they're overactive, and that was starting to become an issue. Severe head posture increased the activity of the sternocleidomastoid and the anterior scalene muscles, eventually leading to issues with those muscles that could possibly affect lung function down yeah. the road. So it was decreased. Yeah. Right? So the inspiratory volume in those studies was markedly decreased. Right. So That's they, a huge deal. What they're looking at when it comes to actual... Uh, they looked at forced vital capacity. So right. basically what that is, how much air a person can exhale during a forced breath. Right. So they did that using a chest graph. They had all these subjects. I think they had 25 or 24 subjects from about the age of 25 to 35. So once again, we're looking at a younger group. And when they did that, they found that there was definitely a decreased forced vital capacity in those people who had forward head posture. And the way they diagnosed someone with forward head posture is they looked at the external auditory yeah, radius, the, which is- the EAM? Yeah, your ear hole, basically. Yeah, that's right. And they, they can't call it that, though, because it right. costs too much money for an education. That's right, exactly. And they compared that to the acromion process, or that yeah. little that little bone that sticks up on yeah. top of your shoulder. So if someone had the EAM, five centimeters or more okay. in front of that acromion. That's how they determined it. So the they, they gave him a five centimeter leeway. Yep. You know what I appreciate about that is how our doctor who defined the anatomical change made it simple for people to understand. But like everybody else, like they have to use all the big words like that makes it okay. And the, like and the like, metric system. Yeah, like come on. And the metrics. I mean, seriously. Probably Canadian. <laughs> the Kang, that study, I think they are. Uh, Korea. Oh, <laughs> who would have guessed you're, you're that? Close, who would have guessed that, Kim? Not me. No. <laughs> Kim was looking it up. Right? She was. All right. So, besides the thing Dr. Matt mentioned, you brought up real quickly heart rate, Absolutely. blood pressure, but respiration is also a big one. And then I also find one other article that I wanted to talk about real quick, and it was a review of literature, and it's from the Annals of Vertebral Subluxation Research. Jeez. And yes, Dr. Matt. <laughs> The annals. Annals. It's my favorite, my favorite annals. place. Annals. You were waiting for me to say it incorrectly. But no, I was. It's, it's the annals. I was legit. I was on, on top of it. Yeah. Okay. It's like a group of, a collection of things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this review of literature. Mm -hmm. uh, forward head posture and decreased lordotic curvature. So you mentioned the lordosis. So that's that proper curve we should have in the neck when we're looking at you from the side. Yep. Uh, and what they're looking at is the potential sequelae Gosh. of abnormal alignment. Woo! Yeah. That pumps me up. Just hearing these words. This one has a lot of big words. It's pumping me up. But their whole idea was 
They want to identify and discuss potential pathological conditions secondary to forward head posture and decreased lordotic curve in the cervical spine. And it wasn't to show a cause and effect, right? but it was to look at the biomechanical issues of forward head posture right. and how that leads to potential other diagnoses. Because a lot of times when people come in with these issues I'm going to talk about, they might be prescribed a medication. Absolutely. Which is only looking at the chemical side of it. That's right. And not taking into account biomechanics. Yeah. So just real quick, the four things they were looking at, they were looking at accelerated cervical spine degeneration. Yeah. And that's something we talk about all the time. Now they're talking. Getting in just a little bit in the specifics, natural biomechanics of the spine rely on that lordotic curve to put about 65% of the load of your head That's right. on the posterior part of the column That's right. and only 35% onto the anterior column. Yeah, I always tell patients, think of it like a bow from a bow and an arrow. Yeah. You know, if that string isn't pulling that limb back of the bow, then the arrow is going to go nowhere. It needs to be a really, or if it's too tight, then it'll just break the bow. Yeah. So there's a really, really well-described relationship between the tension that that bowstring is generating on the bow and the tension that you need on the back of your neck. Yeah. yeah. And what they found is that when the head goes forward, more of that pressure is going to the anterior column. Yeah. It's not necessarily meant to handle that. Right. We start seeing degeneration occur quicker and quicker. That's right. And especially those facet joints that we talk about. You talk about spondylosing. Yeah. Or yeah. the radiographic hallmarks of osteoarthritic change, Kim. Hmm. Kim raised her eyebrows on she that. She did. I know. So degeneration, increased degeneration, the speed of it. Uh, The next one was cervical spondylitic myelopathy. Of course. So myelopathy, compression of the spinal cord. That's right. You were talking about how issues in the neck, Dr. Matt, can also affect down below. This is a... a Because you got to remember the point. The spinal canal and its important occupant, the spinal cord, Mm-hmm. You know, that's an enclosed sac. It's like a sock that's tied off. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned the foramen magnum. And I mean, right. We could get nuts in like two seconds with yeah. words that people would be, people would be passing out driving their cars because they'd be going so many. But it's like, whatever you do in the neck, you're going to have global, in terms of your body, global repercussions. You know, the body is just this fantastic, but it's liable to any change you make in one part affecting the whole other part of the body. Yeah. And what they mentioned is that that lordosis we're supposed to have head goes forward we lose that lordosis mm-hmm. that can even end up being a reverse curve yes or a kyphosis and when you think about that cord being in there well that thing just keeps getting stretched and stretched. tethering of the spinal cord yeah. it so, makes it just a billion times more susceptible to injury cause a tension there even cause some issues with the blood vessels that's right stretching of those as well so once again some global issues just caused by that's right forward head posture yeah uh, after that proprioception mm-hmm. or your body's ability to Know where it is in space, balance. So many uh, vocab words. Today. That can be, yeah. I mean, I could go abnormal afferent input, you know. Oh my God. So basically. I'm throwing up right now. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> you know, the yeah, nerves coming back. and exciting. Coming back to your brain. <laughs> that connection just isn't what it's supposed to That's be. That's right. Because of that. That's right. So that could be an issue. Uh, and the final one I want to talk about is more neurodegenerative disorders, which I think this is very interesting. The idea that biomechanical pathology can contribute to neurodegenerative disorders like multiple sclerosis, possibly Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. dementia. These studies obviously are, are brand new. Very early on. Right. And 
not looking at cause and effect, but right. is there any type of correlation? Is there a relationship? Yeah. So that's the big thing. So thing we wanted to point out is that you may not even know some of the issues that are right. caused by that forward head posture right. and your improper posture that we see now. I don't know the percentage, but how many of the people we take that lateral cervical, how many actually have a great lordosis? Hardly and, anybody. And have... Nobody. I'm no trying to think of the last one we did. I mean, we, see, yeah. we saw 300 pa- combined 300 patients last week. I'm trying to think of why a single one. It's just the ergonomics of being in an industrialized country, all of the things that we've invented get smaller and moved down. You know, for these gigantic TVs, to, well, some people still have gigantic TVs, but the, the screen got smaller and more portable. All we started doing is looking down. You know, for people in their 30s, they grew up looking out, you know, and then slowly, you know, they were introduced to technologies like phones and stuff like that. Maybe people in their 40s, I don't know anymore. Uh, but these young people, they never looked up. They always have looked down. And so we are seeing just an unbelievable amount of young people in the office that have forward head posture syndrome. Mm-hmm. To add to the vocab, the last two vocab words people are gonna to get today, hysteresis and creep. What I want people to understand is that the vertebra of the spinal column, those are held in place by two really, really, really tight socks. Well, there's more, but the two that we are gonna concern ourselves with today, the anterior and the posterior longitudinal ligaments. And those ligaments, define the lordosis. You could take a bag of bones and just scatter them all around. And then you stack them up like bricks. You have to put something around them to keep them in place. And that's what ligament does. In these particular cases, people looking down or doing this or doing that, the ligament gets deformed. So it's still very, very strong, but it's wrong in how it's holding the bones. Our job is to come in figure out where that alignment is wrong, figure out where that ligament has deformed, and then put in place a treatment plan to bring it back. Now, the problem is that muscle heals quick. Even a broken bone heals relatively quick. But ligament goes through three phases. It goes through an inflammatory phase, a rehabilitative phase, and then a remodeling phase. It's just incredible how long it takes because ligament is so much stronger than muscle or bone because it doesn't have any blood vessels. And it's got a couple other things that may be fibroelastic, and we're not gonna go into that today, but what people need to understand is that once you deform a ligament, once your neck is forward, it takes an incredible amount of precision and energy to bring that thing back. But if we don't, if we don't do that, if we don't make that our goal, then Dr. Brad talked about changes in heart rate or increased heart pressure. Dr. Matt talked about you know, everything from carpal tunnel symptoms to chronic migraine. How many of our patients have come in they have chronic migraines, they have carpal tunnel, and nobody has ever looked at the position of their head. Nobody's ever even bothered. But they've just gotten medication or failed treatment after failed treatment, you know. Bringing those things back, adding that into the treatment plan, it's a really big deal, and I want people to understand that there's two more things. One, depression, because as we've gotten further along with our technology, we now understand that there is to be the adrenal cortical axis. And that is the way that your brain runs your body. He's looking for signals from the spinal cord all the time. And when you deform the spinal cord, deform the vertebra, your brain doesn't get the signals he's looking for, and he changes the amount of chemicals that he's making and their ratio. And there's an awesome study that they did at Harvard just two years ago that talks about depression and the relationship of your head to your body, and that people who sit head forward are clinically more likely to be depressed. And they've noticed a decrease in the amount and change in cortisol as it gets secreted by the pituitary. It's fantastic. So I recommend people go look for that study. So when we go to fix you, what you need to understand as patients is that it is unbelievably precise how we put the curves back in your bodies. And I want you to understand that if we do not 
that it's not just a physical set of symptoms that you're going to be experiencing, but you're gonna be experiencing everything else. And as we come to understand more and more of how the brain works, we see more and more how that has to do with how the human is lined up. And that makes sense. Like humans are made to look a certain way. And if you deviate from that, then your body's not gonna work like it's supposed to. That is not rocket science by any stretch of the imagination. There's very few things where if you change their structure, they're gonna work the same. Anyway, I just want our patients to understand that. There's two more things I want everybody to understand before we leave. And one, I gave the vocab words. So the reason why this matters for kids is because they are so much more sedentary than they were even 10 years ago. And because they are on devices 24 seven where they're looking down. And so when it comes to fixing that, we've got a lot of different ideas. We'll post them on the website, everything from limiting time to making sure those kids get outside. Both of those things are unbelievably important when it comes to changing your kid's posture. And I want people to understand, this is not a make-believe situation. When you have kids that are on iPad or looking forward to doing this, they absolutely need to be corrected. It is absolutely physically affecting their body. So if anybody has any more questions about that, man, they can send it in. We'll post a ton of forward head posture stuff on the website. Kimberly's gesturing wildly about something. What's wrong? She wanted us to talk about why making time to take time to look up and to to correct your mm. posture. Yeah. Like, I know we talked about yeah. how posture, what it is, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, like, no, taking, taking time to look up from your device right. every every couple minutes, right. you know, every 20 to 25 minutes, right. take one to two, look up, take time to make time to bring your shoulders back, position yourself in a normal, correct That's posture. Right. In just one or two minutes. Because you're, re, you're, you're retraining your brain. That's right. It's proprioception is what it is. Like you can't just build muscle. It's not it's a, once either. Yeah. You're it's specifically, how many times you have to remind your brain that this is the position you want. When you're on the iPad 24-7, you're reminding your brain, I want to look forward and down. Your brain's like, oh, okay, this is what we're supposed to look. But you need to change that stimulus. And you do that with what we call proprioceptive and sometimes uh, vestibular exercises to where we can change your posture permanently. It's got nothing to do with muscle and everything to do with you maintaining a position. So yeah, those are really, really, and it's a different kind of stretching, I guess you could say, than people are used to. So thank you for bringing that up, Kim. That's really, really, really important. And we will have those on the website. We'll make sure we get those exercises. Okay, very good. Um, do we want to touch on some, some activities that we do here in the office besides things they do sure, outside man. the office? Absolutely. Go right ahead. So we have cervical traction units uh, here at the to. office that we kind of start off with, but it's designed to help bring your neck back to where we would like it. And then we have a further... Um, further more advanced version of that that we're currently working on implementing into the office that's going to be more involving x-rays and getting the actual more with the x-rays more, more Danny roll corrected so that right. everyone can have their own yeah, there's individual. a better way to do it yeah yeah we're implementing that yeah so the um dr fink is talking about using those properties of the ligament and reshaping it so we lightly lightly deform it is what we do and wait for it to recover then we lightly deform and wait to recover and you have to do those things over intervals of time specifically 48 hours 72 hours then you stretch those time periods out as the ligament begins to respond you get out to where you're at three or four weeks then six to eight and then it takes between nine and 12 months for a, a torn ligament to come back completely and that's in terms of how well it has healed then you just have to line that ligament up the right way so it's nice and strong so a couple Thank you for the, reminding me of that. A couple of the other instructions that we give patients is to stand tall, mm. not straight, 
if you approximate your head to the ceiling or to the sky, you automatically bring your head or the external auditory meatus over your shoulder. Bring your head up tall, it'll automatically mm -hmm. bring your shoulders back. Just, and yeah. so it's all fits in perfectly with how you yeah. want your posture. And certain exercises we can have to stretch out the muscles that are pulling the head right. forward and also strengthen the muscles that will help. Kimberly, you get those all uploaded onto the site, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so posture, we'll call it in the postural section of the website. Okay, all right, very good. So a couple things. One, if you like our podcast, they are not all going to be as short as podcast one, and they're not going to all be as long as this one. But this one, we had to take time to destroy this topic. Like, there should be no questions. And if there is, please ask us, because we'll talk about it. So these two big ones are out of the way. Every topic that we have, and I think we have 40 or 50, I don't know, every one of them is suggested by patients. So we're going to just start now rattling through these every single time we get a chance to do it. So if you like the stuff that we're doing, please, please, please like the podcast and then maybe write a review. If we see one of the reviews that you've written or you let us know about it, we'll put you in our drawing to wear these unbelievably cool t-shirts. Very, very limited edition Spine Whisperer t-shirts. Now, we're going to do a screen print of one cheap, crappy looking one later. I'm talking about actual good t-shirts, not the kind you get from the... Sign it up for the visa, you know. You want these t-shirts. You want to have them in your life. We'll do that drawing, what, once a month? Mm -hmm. We're not giving out that many. Or you could murder a staff member because everybody in the staff will get one. So Don't do that, though. But don't do that. Okay, <laughs> fine. And you go on the website. Remember, if you want to leave any comments or any questions, it's kim at mfwellness.org. And you'll notice last podcast, I said, I hate your mid-fan wellness. I, you know, it just drives me crazy having to type those words. We got rid of it. We finally got the domain that we wanted, mfwellness.org, not mfwellness.com. Don't go there. That's a, an Indonesian treadmill place. They don't appreciate when you call and talk to them about chiropractic care at all, probably. So mfwellness.org, kim at mfwellness.org. All right, Kimberly, do you have anything in closing? I would just like to say if you do ever want to come in and maybe get your kids checked out, just for like forward head posture because it is a big thing that they're dealing with, we can always do a posture screen in the office. Yeah, uh, we've had people, one of the patients, her friend's kid, his head was so far, far, she's like, you have got to take him and you have got, she almost made the other mom bring the kid in. And I was like, this is what's going on. This is kind of what, she's like, oh my God, I had no idea. The kid had like 15 of the 17 symptoms we described today. And the mom had no idea, none. And now he's doing fantastic, you know, but you're right. Yeah, it's something it's great a for really the parents, good deal. For the parents to see that too. Yeah. yeah. When just they to look see at that, it like on a printed out picture. Like, like oh God, oh, I, their kid I thought that was just the way my kid yeah. yeah, all we have to do is use the iPad, take yeah. two views. It takes bam, literally boom. five minutes. It's 2019, minutes. man. Yeah. And then the, the parents can see that their child's head is three inches forward. Yeah, yeah. technology 2019. Yeah. All right, very good. Dr. Maurer? Uh, the one thing I would say, a little bit of research project on your own, which may drive you nuts, but take a look today at work, at school, or if you're out shopping, just yeah. glance over and look at how far forward people's heads are. It's all we, it's all we see. Yeah. Don't let them see you. Yeah, yeah. That's creepy. Maybe don't let follow them see you them staring, but or don't follow. Yeah, don't just follow. glance over, take a look. You'll be amazed. It's, it's something that you you may probably don't pay attention to, but now that I've said that, it's everywhere. It's all you'll be able to see. Dr. Fink. Yeah, if you need help trying to figure out how to watch people without getting caught, yeah, just let me know because I'm a good watcher. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of stuff wrong with me, but no, in all, in all seriousness, Dr. Brett, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Dr. That's Brett, his other right. podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, and watch me watch you. Watch me watch you with Dr. Matt Fink. That's is that episode three? <laughs> <laughs> we have to wait for that one. That's going to be another teaching. <laughs> that needs to be like a video. Watch Ooh. me watch you. That's YouTube. That's YouTube, I think. All right, very good. Um, so, uh, in closing, uh, our medical disclaimer, we're not trying to uh, diagnose or treat or blah, 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 blah. Good. We're here to help you. You know, we'll put a disclaimer on it permanently from now. Uh, you know, people understand. We're here to offer advice, and information, so people can live healthier. And more importantly than that, that kids can be healthy, because these young people are just in real bad trouble, and they need all the help that they can get, all the help that they can get. So, for Kimberly, and for Dr. Matt Fink, for Dr. Brad Maurer, I'm Dr. Joshua Fink, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you.